Blog Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. We're back. Of course, we're back here. And it's the weekend. Yes, finally the weekend. And that just means it's even more time to have fun. Yeah, it's still a pandemic, we know. Uh, Boo. But that does not mean that we can still have fun, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, just try to do the best you can with uh, enjoying your life. Like our guest here. We have two very talented guys here. Yeah, the men are taking over the show for our guest uh, today. And one is uh, very talented. Well, both actually are very talented actors. And uh, one is also a filmmaker. And uh, you are familiar with their work. And so I'm going to be quiet for a minute here. And uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get to our first guest. And uh, if you are a fa- oh, I'm just going to be quiet. I just want it to be a surprise to you. Sometimes I like to let the guest uh, who we have, I like to, you know, let it be a surprise at the opening of the show. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have our first guest on this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. We'll be right back. Hold on. This is Drew and Jonathan Scott, The Property Brothers, and you are listening to Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone. Okay. Reminder, you are listening to me, Janice Malone, on Film Festival Radio Show right here in Las Vegas. And our email address is info at filmfestivalradio.com in case you would like to drop us a line to say hello. I'm going to find out, I don't know, let's see how we're running on time. If I have enough time, I have a couple of auditions that I'd like to share with you, like we always do. Well, we'll see. We'll see about the time here. But first of all, I've got to bring you our first guest here. You are familiar with our first guest, uh, especially if you are a fan of Downton Abbey. Yes, who isn't a fan of – you know what? When I lived in Nashville, I had friends who loved that show so much. They used to dress up in full costume sometimes and have, like, viewing parties at each other's houses. I mean, they were really, really into it. I just – I was there just for the hors d'oeuvres, but it was – you know, some people really got into it. But anyway, uh, my first guest is Robert Bathurst who starred as Sir Anthony. Remember Sir Anthony on Downton Abbey? Yes. Well, he is a, Robert is a very distinguished uh, British television and stage actor, and he has performed all over in, in film, TV, just so much stage, all of that. Well, he is about to come on board here to talk to us about being the narrator in a Louise best-selling author. Let me put that out there. New York Times 
best-selling author, Louise Penny. And uh, if you are familiar with her novels, and I'm sure obviously millions of you are because she's on the New York Times bestseller list repeatedly, well, Louise has a brand new novel, The Madness of Crowds. This is her 17th book. And this is her seventh time of being on the New York Times uh, bestseller list here. And uh, so our guest, Robert Bathurst, he does the narration for the character of Chief Inspector Amon Gamache. And this, again, he returns for the madness of crowds in the same uh, audio character, the voice of uh, in the inspector. And the madness of crowds is available right this minute in your favorite bookstores or wherever it is that you get your books. And uh, if you are, again, a fan of Louise Penny's 17 novels, seven times on the New York Times bestseller list for um you know, these types of uh, books here. You can find this one as well. The Madness of Crowds is the latest one. Robert Bathurst has won uh, the the uh, Audi, A-U-D-I-E, Audi, I should say, not Audi, like the car, Audi Award for Best Male Narrator for the brilliant job that he does as the uh, narrator for these novels. And so he's back again with uh, in- the Chief Inspector Amand here. In the madness of crowds. So he is on board here. He, I understand he will be calling us or he is calling us. No, that was just, it just blinks one time. Okay, they'll call back. Uh, anyway, he is calling us all the way from England, his uh, home base. And so now there he is. Okay, so let's bring Robert on board right now, Robert Bathurst, to talk to us uh, about, once again, uh, being the star of the audio version of Louise Penny's latest spellbinding novel, The Madness of Crowds. And let's bring him on board, like, right this minute before we lose him again. You are now on the line with Janice. Well, good afternoon, Robert. How are you this afternoon? Hi, Janice. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Thank you. Is it, is it afternoon for you or is it morning? Is it creeping it's, into the afternoon for you? It's kind of creepily going into the afternoon here in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> does, does anything creep in Vegas? Uh, no. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> well, uh, of course, you are calling us all the way uh, from your beautiful home country over in England. And so it's just an honor to chat with you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on. Okay, well, here we are. You are back in the in the, the wonderful world of uh, best-selling novelist uh, Miss Penny here. Uh, I understand this is your, what is this, like seventh, sixth or seventh time uh, doing the vocals for her, her award-winning books, and, and what is it like for you? Yes, it's the seventh of the books I've done in succession now. It's the 17th book in the series. Uh, Ralph Cosham um, did, read the first ten, and then sadly he died, and uh, they needed someone to take over. So, yeah, it's, it's the seventh of the uh, of the books that I've done. 
and uh, she, I mean, 17 in and still, still, really at the top of her game. It's fantastic what she's doing with the, with the Three Pines Inspector Gamash series. And of course, the current one is the madness of crowds. Um, so, what, did, what, in your opinion, you, you've worked uh, these projects and does such a wonderful job? You're nominated for three Audi Awards, among others. What do you think is is the secret to why uh, these characters in these books are so appealing to fans all over the world? Well, uh, yeah, they have. Um, she has got this enormous following. And um, obviously in, in the print form and uh, also in the, in the audiobook form, I'm pleased to say. Um, what is it that, about them? Well, she, she, she writes uh, a mystery thriller, a, a, a cop show, a cop thriller, really. But it's more than that. And it sort of, it sort of, it takes it away from it. It's not just a sort of procedural police mystery, police investigative thing. It's, um, it's, it, and it's rather difficult to say this because, it, because it's rather unfashionable. But it sort of underpins also the sort of mystical quality to it. I wouldn't put it too heavily, but there is, without a, with a, with a small s, a sort of spiritual quality to them. In that, there, there is a sort of deep underlying goodness. Uh, emanating from the main character, uh, Armand Gamache, who is you know, complicated, rough, um, really tough and, and brave um, uh, police person. But, but he's, there is under, underneath it, there is a sense that, that despite the, all the terrible things that happen in life, and certainly in Three Pines and the village in which uh, most of the, a lot of the action is set, uh, there is ultimately the, the possibility, wherever you've been in life and wherever low you've sunk, of redemption. And, and so it takes, takes an additional quality. To, it takes it, I think, beyond a lot of um, cop procedural stuff and uh, makes it something that people really engage with and, and uh, swing along with. And the characters are superb and it's brilliantly constructed. What is the secret to doing narration like this and making it a, such a success that you've done? Do you have any tips or, or what is your secret for having so much success with this? It's a huge responsibility to, to be a narrator for a book because you are the conduit, you're the, you're the link, you're the sort of the golden thread between the author and the, and the listener. Um, if, if it's in print form, someone will read it and they will employ their own imagination to, 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 to work out uh, how, they, how much appeal the, the book has. But the, the, the narrator has, a, has a, an additional... You think, no, with a narrator, with an audio book, there's someone in the way. There's someone in danger of, of getting in the way between the author and the audience. And so in one sense, as a, as a narrator, you've got to um, sort of surrender anything about yourself and, but also be on the front foot to, to engage and to squeeze the language and to, to make sure that the, um, uh, the characters sound plausible and, 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 the, and that the language makes sense and that the, the rhythms that Louise Penny has written are, are adhered to because you know, the sentence structure is, is really important, but you mustn't make it sound like a technical exercise. And you've got to make it breathe and, and engage. And so most of all, with a, with, a, with a narrator, I think, it's just don't be annoying. <laughs> don't be annoyed. Don't, 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 don't put people off. Engage. Draw them in. Bring them along. Bring them along for the ride, and and that be the link between the author and your and your ears. Don't be annoying. That's funny. Okay, so to remember that. <laughs> well, now, um, as you mentioned, uh, as we all know, Louise Penny. This is our seventeenth uh, book here. So, are there any? personal Louise Penny novels that you personally uh, just love, even before you started working with these books? 
Well, each of them, uh, each of the ones I've, I've worked with, and I've uh, read some of the earlier ones, but um, uh, I think, oh, I think, I think um, Glass Houses is probably one of the favourites. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed them all, um, and they take on big themes and and and, and bring them to the sort of micro level of, of three pines or the or the, or the, the people who are affected by it. But uh, I have to say that the, the sort of opioid. Um, Crisis that has found its way to the UK was was obviously uh, up and running um, before it reached us. And uh, she she posted and she often does post issues and things like that that are happening in societal issues that are happening um, uh, long before uh, Sleepy Brits get hold of it. But uh, so glass houses, um, I love that one. Uh, All the devils are here. Last year, the one I did last year came out last year um, was set in Paris, and that was the first time that. The series has, has left the, the North American continent, and um, so and, and that was really, really and that, that was a, a really really good book as well. But they are so well constructed, and what I do is every, every recording, I always ask the engineer who did it, who done it. Come on, tell me who've done it. And I ask them um, about halfway through and about two quarters of the way through, and, and just before the end, I say who done it, who done it. Come on, tell me. And, <laughs> and they always got it wrong, and they always get it wrong. And, uh, and that is just a, a sign that she's completely in control of the structure and the characterization and the, and the, and, and, and the plausibility of all the, the various strands that she draws together. Um, so it, it's a really fine, fine work. And all the way through, I mean, that's with all the last seven books that I've read. I've done that. And uh, consistently, they, they just don't pick it. Well, I got a last question here. About how long, uh, you, generally, does it take to do the narration, the recording, uh, for one of these books? I try and do about 80 pages a day, and um, we sort of start. We have a lot of uh, the longest day because I mean your, your mind starts to fry. So um, I go from about 11 or 12 to six with breaks, and I'm working with the director. It's really important. There's a collaboration between. Uh, myself and, and Louis and Lorelai King, who is a, a, a fine voice artist in her own right, award-winning and everything. And uh, but she's also a really good director. And so between us, we, we collaborate through the day. And I try and do about 80, 80 pages a day. And so might do it in about um, four, you know, six days or so, six six long sessions. Wow, that's a lot of work there. Well, okay. Again, the madness of crowds just released. Uh, big. Celebration parties going on this week for for the release or what? Yes, I mean uh, Louise uh, Louise Penny is is doing a whole series of uh, uh, publicity events and uh, she's she's I'm taking part in one actually on Sunday and I'm, I'm she's going to be at a bookstore in I will remember where it was anyway it's on Facebook actually she's got a whole series of events she's talking to Laurie Greenspan I think tonight and various other people uh, through the week and uh, and we have a chat and we talk and we discuss it and I'm not quite sure what the structure is we'll just sort of um, you know run free like we're doing at the moment and just see see, see what happens um, but it's uh, yeah it's going to be at a bookstore and all the proceeds from the tickets for that will go to the bookstore and uh, it's a good way of um, of, 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 of you know, a time when she can't do the the, the big in-person tours so freely, 
um, to, uh, to to get the word out. And uh, so it's all online. You can go to Louise Penny on Facebook and uh, see, where, see what she's doing tonight and what she's doing for the rest of the week. And uh, I'll be there on Sunday. Wonderful. I know they're going to, before they cut me off, of course, we know you and loved you um, as Sir Anthony, of course, on Downton Abbey. Uh, can you tell us what's next as far as acting on the screen for you? Well, I just directed a short film, um, which is going into the LA Shorts Festival and the Toronto Independence Film Festival, uh, and it's, uh, co-directed it with a former jockey. It's about uh, jockeys and the pressure that they're under. Uh, in the light of two jockey committees we sat last year, and uh, he wanted to write something about that, and I said we'll make it a drama rather than an information film. And um, so we, we, we worked on it together, and we shot it, and um, we're putting it into festivals. So it's, um, it's called The Fall, and uh, it's 20 minutes, and so uh, I'm uh, you know, really, really, really proud of it, and so we'll see how that goes. Wonderful. Well, Robert, again, thank you so much. I never would have thought I've got to actually talk with the or Anthony, but we have you here. <laughs> and again, the well, new... thank you, Lady Janice. Thank you very much. Oh, wonderful. I'm a lady now. Okay. <laughs> but again, the book is The Madness of Crowds, of course, by Louise Penny. And uh, we will see you and Louise at the bookstores and everywhere that you release uh, upcoming projects. We'll see you, see you then. Thanks very much. Okay. Take care then. Bye-bye. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, here. And uh, I don't know if we'll have enough time left for our auditions. We're going to try to squeeze this in. But I want to say um, thank you, of course, to our guests and our listeners who are so faithful about calling in, uh, writing us, email us, info at filmfestivalradio.com, and we will definitely answer you back. Got a deal? Got a deal. Okay, that brings me to our final guest here. And I had the opportunity to talk to him earlier today. We had to record it, pre-record it because of uh, time zone differences. Uh, My guest is actor, producer, writer, comedian, filmmaker Mike Haggerty and uh, he has a brand new film that it will be released uh, to the general public on October 1st and the title of it is Old Henry and it is a western it yes what thank you for those of you guys especially who love westerns can't get enough westerns out here so this is an independent film uh, but it's a western again it's called Old Henry and it has a very very strong cast. Uh, let me just tell you who the cast members are. Starring Tim Blake Nelson, Scott Hayes, Gavin Lewis, 
uh, Trace Atkins. Yes, that Trace Atkins, the country music star. And uh, Stephen Dorff, uh, principal cast members there. And it is being described uh, as an elevated action Western. I can't think of a, a Western that's not an action Western. But anyway, it's about a widowed farmer and his son who take in a, a rather mysterious injured man who has a satchel full of cash. Ah, yes. You know when that happens. We've got some action. We've got some, some something, something going on here. It's going to get interesting. So I'm not going to reveal too much more. We, we're going to ask Mike to, uh, in his words, he's a filmmaker, to tell us more about the film and the, the storyline. And, of course, we want you guys to run out and see the film, Old Henry, again, when it opens October 1. And Mike called us all the way from Venice, Italy, because um, he and his wife and some of the crew uh, are at the Vent Venice International Film Festival, because the movie uh, is screening over there as we speak, all, all the rest of this week, practically. I believe it's all the week. So uh, what a great, what a great opportunity. You've got your new film and you're in Venice. You just can't get too much better than that. So we had, had the opportunity, as I said earlier this morning, to chat with him, pre-recorded it. Uh, beginning of the, of the chat, a, the audio is a little bit kind of, kind of hairy. We tried to clean it up as much as possible, but you know how it is sometimes when you call these, you know, technology internationally, but it's, it's cool. We, we can definitely hear him. So I just want to let you know that in advance. Um, but anyway, again, Mike Haggerty, he, and I had such a ball chatting. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. And uh, he'll be joining us for some more interviews because he has some other projects coming up. And hopefully we can get him back on. He's a busy man. He travels the world. But we plan on keeping up with him and bringing him back on the show at his convenience to talk about some of his latest upcoming projects. So let's roll it from my pre-recorded interview earlier this morning with Mike Haggerty to talk about his latest film, Old Henry. It's a Western, guys. You know you love those shoot 'em. My dad used to call them shoot 'em ups <laughs> Westerns when I was a kid. So anyway, let's bring uh, Mike and me on right now. Mike Haggerty. Hi, Mike. Good afternoon to you. <laughs> Buona sera, Buona sera. That too. <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to use my my five years of uh, Spanish and converting it into Italian. So I've got like a jumble of a horrible Italian accent with some Spanish, a little bit of Italian, and then English when I just throw up my hands and go, oh, gosh, I'm just trying to get some uh, some pizza. Okay. Well, you know what? Why not? What better place to try out Italian than ordering pizza and Italian food? That's perfect. Oh, my God. We had the most amazing gnocchi. I mean, it was like a, it was me and the director and the, the DP and our wives and just had a three-hour dinner. And it was the most amazing pasta and seafood and conversation and, of course, a little bit of wine. Um, so it was wonderful. Well, it sounds like I need to run out and go get me. I was wondering what I was going to have for lunch, but I think you've helped me make that decision now, Mike. <laughs> uh, Janet, I'm not kidding. You've got to. This is uh, 
You know, I mean, we're talking all of this great Italian food and Italian language, and, you know, it's, of course, uh, in preparation for your movie, Old Henry, to make its big splash at the upcoming um, film festival over in Italy. So tell us every, you know, the Venice International Film Festival. So, so I can only imagine how exciting that must be. Tell me all about it. Um, it's been it's been an amazing thing, and, and Janice, you've been around independent film for a long time, so you know it's hard enough just trying to make a movie, let alone a good movie. You pray that it's a good movie, but then you throw on a pandemic and all of that. It's uh, it changed my job description a little bit, and and what was wonderful was you found even a more tight sense of community and family because everybody knew that we had to trust each other and we had to be on point and, and, and I felt like we, we got through that and then to be able to come to Venice and, you know, we're probably the smallest or the lowest budget film in forever to get into the festival and, and I'm just so proud of it and, and to see the, the reaction, uh, I'm just, I'm just over the, over the moon. It's been the best experience of my life. Well, congratulations, of course, on that. That's a great accomplishment. So, um, and I've talked to other filmmakers who've had films to, to screen at the, at the Venice Film Festival, and they've all talked about what an experience it is just being there. And so, wow. So when do you guys leave uh, for Venice? Oh, no, I'm here. That's why, that's why I said bonus data, because I'm here. We got here just last night. Oh, you just got there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But that's okay. I'm running on pure adrenaline, and uh, and so excited. So, like, we went to the Lido where the festival is. So you take a, uh, first of all, you know, you land and there's a water taxi. So it's right out of you know Roman Holiday. You know, so you're on this, yes. this beautiful mahogany boat that takes you from the airport to to. We're staying at, at a little house, and then we're staying at the Gritty for the last four days. Um, and it pulls you right up, and the canals are exactly what you think of. You know, it's amazing, these beautiful little canals, and you go to the Grand Canal, and there's these boats, and this beautiful environment, and it smells wonderful. So we get there, and uh, it's, it's, been, it's been great. And then we went to the Lido, and then it's everything, you know, uh, the young, you know, 10-year-old filmmaker that Amy had dreamed of, because you see the red carpet and all the, the premieres and there's so much activity and there's so much this creative spirit and it, it's 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 I gotta be honest with you it's a little overwhelming and in the best possible way. Oh my goodness. So is this your first time attending um the Venice Film Festival or what? Uh, yeah, this is my first time. Oh, that makes it even more special, of course. Absolutely does. Absolutely. Well and I get to bring my wife and, and so like my wife's getting to experience this this moment with me and, and that's just oh, a yeah. cherry on top. It's almost like a second honeymoon of sorts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is. Well now right on. Your film of course is Old Henry. And it's a Western, and there's nothing like a good old-fashioned Western. I don't care from the time we were kids. Westerns just never lose their, their, their things. They just never do. They never do. No. So, is that... And to have somebody like... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Tell, tell me. 
Oh, it's good. And to have somebody like Tim Blake Nelson be the lead of the Western, who so embraces this role and is such a great actor, and you just say, like, we're, we're tra- you know, it doesn't matter. It's exactly what you just said. It doesn't matter that, you know, it's 2021. You know, it could be the 1960s, you know, or, or, or and it certainly in those months felt like the 1860s. Uh-huh. You know, to, to have, you know, the horses and, and telling those stories, you know, about fathers and sons and just all of that. It's just, it's just wonderful. Uh-huh. Was it a big, huge challenge to film a movie such as this during this whole pandemic thing or what? It was. Uh, it was. You never really, and I don't know if you've had this experience just sort of in your day-to-day life, like, I didn't realize how much I rely on, like, the bottom half of people's faces to under-communicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you are trying to, you know, have conversations with the crew and, you know, make sure that everybody's doing okay just as their job, I also had to sort of be a little bit of a doctor and a psychiatrist to make sure that, you know, that they were feeling safe, you know, that we were following all the protocols. So we had usually... You know what the thing is, what this taught me was it's really important to remember, just be where your feet are because it didn't matter what was going to happen next Friday. If we didn't pass our COVID tests on Monday and Wednesday, we weren't going to get to Friday. So yeah. every day was legitimately just trying to, you know, you got through the test, you go, okay, we've got two more days of filming to get to our next test. Let's get that done. Uh, and then you, you jumped into that because we shot this whole film in 21 days, um, which some of the actors thought we were a little crazy. Uh, they thought, like, we're definitely going to go over it. And, uh, but we made it. And, made and it was such a great uh, team effort in that way. So it, it was really tough to do it. Um, it, it, uh, it pushed me in a lot of ways, and, and I loved to be pushed. So it was, uh, it was a win. And look where you are now with your film here. <laughs> My goodness, was it worth yeah. it? Well, now uh, I understand there's going to be a, the American release is scheduled for October 1st. L.A., New York, San Fran, so many major cities. So, uh, will any of these cities have the big, the big red carpet treatment, or, or what? Um, I think we're going to have a red carpet treatment in Nashville. Um, we were going to be at the National Film Festival on the 3rd, and so we really wanted to, you know, the Tennessee film community community really embraced us and, and helped us out a lot, so we kind of want to give a lot of love, you know, all of our crew, or 90% of our crew was, was from Tennessee, so we'll be doing something in, in Nashville. Well, ironically, I used to live in Nashville for 16 years, so I'm very Get out of here. Oh, it's done. Okay, I'm gonna write it on my post-it note there. Well, before we <laughs> there you go. before we wrap this up, because I know you have beautiful Venice awaiting you there. I'm so jealous. But okay, Old Henry, as we said, it is a western. But from a, the filmmaker's perspective, you tell me and everybody, what is your filming about? What is Old Henry about? So this is the wonderful thing about, what, like you were talking about, the Western. Um, we've got a couple spoilers, which I, I can't get into, which is kind of like, like if you know when you, when you, give a, a, you buy a birthday gift for, for the person you love, but, and you want to tell them what it is, but you got to wait because it's going to spoil the surprise? Yes. That, that's how I feel about 
the, the what happened to Noel Henry. Okay. But what I can say is that with the, the reason why, like we were talking about how great Westerns are, is because the, the tropes, the themes, are universal. And, and with this, it's you know, uh, it's about a, a man that has a son that maybe doesn't know who he is. You know, he doesn't really respect him too much because he's just his dad. And and what we kind of dive into is, well, before he was a father, he was he was a man. And what does that mean? And and throughout the movie, he gets his son gets to realize who his dad is, as we as the audience get to do that, you know. And that's and that's one of the things because whether it's this time, you know, I always look at it. You have three riders coming over a hill, and it's eighteen sixty-five. Talk about being vulnerable, you know? Like, you really had to be self-sufficient back then. And so it, it talks about those things. It talks about community. It talks about trust. But, but the biggest thing is it's a father-son story. It's a story of redemption. It's a story that I think resonates now and forever because it's so universal. I and mean, it's a free tragedy in a way. Now, um Doing a Western film, uh, was this, how did this all come about? It was this, this, like, you know how some filmmakers or some uh, musicians, singers, they'll say, you know, I've always wanted to do a jazz album. I wanted to always do a, a country music album or whatever the genre. In your case, was this a project that you just always wanted to do a Western, or how did this all start? Uh, first, yes, I've always, always, I love the Western genre and always wanted to do one. So, um, I had worked with Shannon and Patsy at Hideout on a TV show called Average Shows um, really early on. Um, we partnered with Shout Studios, um, Garson and, and Jordan over there, and it was just kind of love at first sight. Like, like they were looking to do uh, uh, several westerns, and we wanted to do, you know, uh, like sort of a, a western universe and really tap into, you know, what if we have a historical figure and let's put him in sort of a fictional world. And, and sort of, you know, play with that. And, and that was the thing. It was about going into those those great, beautiful landscapes, like a different world than uh, than modern day, and that's and that's kind of how it happened. And then, and then it was just kind of like, like, you know when you meet somebody and you're like, I know you. I know we haven't met, but I know what you're about. And then you start spending time with them, like, yes. And then you start to make the same movie. Because, as you know, the, the toughest thing, I think, for independent film, outside of getting financed and distribution, is making sure that you're all making the same movie. And with this, every step of the way, like when Tim Blake Nelson signed on to, to play Henry, that elevated everything. Because he brought a level of, of, of quality, of experience, of talent, of that raised all boats. Like everybody was like, let's let's do this and that. Brought in, you know, Scott Hayes, who's amazing. Um, you know, brought in Gavin, brought in Stephen. You know, Tati uh, went to Trace Atkins and said, I want to do something that you've never done before. Are you up for it? And 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 to Patsy's credit, because Patsy has a superpower, he can convince you to do just about anything. Um, and Trace is like, I'm in. And so, like, I literally, when we were doing this, this little prison, well, actually, no, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be off the record. So, we were doing the, you know how you do the stills, and they have to, like, you have to get them approved by the artist to make sure that, that they like the, the pictures that we're going to be using for promotion. Yeah. I sent 
trace a bunch of stills of him in character. And he emailed back, he goes, that's not me. I don't know who it is, but you can use it. It's not me. <laughs> I'm like, Trace, this is you. And he's like, holy moly. He might have said moly. Because um, uh, he went into a totally unrecognizable. And it's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, but I, I'm one of those people. We're so used to Trace being such an outstanding country music artist, but he's also a very accomplished actor. So what was it like being... Uh, obviously a fan of Trace Action's music and then actually working with him in a film uh, as an actor. What was that like for you personally? Personally, it was fantastic because I always get a little, you get a little nervous about meeting people that you really respect as, as artists because, you know, they, they can let you down. It's sure. like, you know, meeting Superman when, when you're five years old. Uh, Trace was the exact opposite. Like, so he lives, obviously, in Tennessee. He lives about 30 minutes away from, from where we were shooting in Watertown, Tennessee. And so, you know, we're, like, planning. It's like, hey, you know, we can get you a hotel, or, you know, or, you know, we'll get you a driver. And he goes, driver? No, I don't need a driver. Just I'm the driver. Shows up and, you know, shows up in his Ford F-350 pickup, ready to go, go to work, and uh, was all in. And so for me, that was, like, really – it, 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 what it does is it just reminds you how many great people and talented people are out there, and uh, and you don't have to put up with the uh, the ones that aren't so much, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's generally yeah, exactly. from you know all my years of living in Nashville, working in Nashville. Generally speaking, that mm -hmm. is the climate of what it's like working with uh, Nashville superstars. I've yet to hear, I mean, everybody's perfect, but generally speaking, it always seems to be a very good experience of working with um, celebrities that are based out of Nashville. They seem to be very good to work with. And that's good. Yeah, it, it is a little, that's what people had told me when I was getting here, and uh, I had, like in my acting days, I did some stuff with Reba McIntyre, and uh and then I, I just ran into it down the street, you know, like we were, I forget where we were at, but it was in Hendersonville, actually, just happened to be um, walking around and just, you know, just, hey, how you doing? Just like, like she was a long-lost neighbor. It was really great. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend that used to work at the Whole Foods in Green Hills, and she used to tell me how people like Dolly sometimes, sometimes, and when Donna Stommer was still alive, she said, I would just see them on a regular basis. I oh I need to switch stores then okay <laughs> oh so, that's a part of Nashville of course well okay last question here um how I mean I would love to see I know everybody would love to see the highlights of your, your trip there in Venice uh, is there a, a website or a social media page that we can see what's going on with you um we're we're actually finishing up. Um, old Henry, but you can also go uh, Instagram. Um, it's Mike M I K E L Haggerty um, for my Instagram and uh, and also for my Twitter. And but Instagram is I'm really posting a lot of stuff on Instagram just because it's such a visual city and it's such an, an amazing moment. So that's uh, that's where you can sort of follow me and, and see me in the film. Um, 
Old Henry, uh, we, we haven't, the, the website hasn't launched yet. I believe it launches on Monday, so I can get you, I can text you okay. what, uh, what the, the website name is okay. for, for Old Henry. But we're going, after Venice, we go to, uh, to Tiff's, um, and then we release the movie. Oh, how exciting to, to going from Venice to Toronto and, oh, my goodness. I'm just so jealous of you and your travels. <laughs> G-E-R-T. Are you related to the Dan Haggerty family? I'm not, but uh, funny, funny side story. So the very first, um, and I don't know if, if, uh, if Amy told you, so when I first moved to L.A., I was actually an actor for 20 years. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, I did, you know, hundreds of commercials and TV shows and, and movies. So when my very first job was, I was the original Sunny Delight kid. Uh, do you remember that, you know, your mom's cool, yeah, I know, like that whole thing? That was me. <laughs> Goodness. So I do, I do a show. I, I do, I'm working on the show, and uh, and the director is a guy named Stu Hadman, who, who did like the IBM iconic IBM Charlie Chaplin spot. Uh, great, great uh, man, helped helped me understand what I all the things I didn't know starting out, um, and still helps me when I don't know things, um, <laughs> which is awesome. But uh, he goes, "Oh my God, are you related to our gaffer?" And I'm like, "No, I don't think so." And it was Dan Hazard's son, <gasps> and so. Uh, and I loved, growing up, I loved Grizzly Adams. Oh, like that is, yeah. that's my jam. That and Smokey and the, Smokey, uh, Smokey and the Bandits yeah. and BJ and the Bear. Yeah. I mean, please, a truck and a bear? A, come on, I mean, I mean uh, a monkey? Give it to me. Yes, I'm, I'm seven years old. I'm happy. Um, so I meet, I meet Dan's son and, you know, we talk a little bit and stuff. And, and Dan hasn't passed away yet. And so he's like, do you want to meet my dad? And the seven-year-old Mikey Haggerty exploded. Like, I was just like, what? Oh. I didn't meet Grizzly Adams. And I was like, yes. I was like, absolutely. So we went and had, like, a really nice dinner and stuff. And, and you know, I was all of 23 years old and, and just like, oh, my God, I'm in heaven. Like, I, I've made it. I, I just oh. did a national commercial. I met Grizzly Adams. I'm, I'm done. I'm good. Well, you have just, you know, living out your your childhood dreams and work now, you know, working as, as a filmmaker, you've been an actor, you've met Dan Haggerty, one of your heroes as a kid, and now you're working with Trace Atkins. You've just done it all, Mike. Come on. You just have. I, I'm, I'm very blessed. I, I, I am, uh, excuse my language, but I'm one lucky son of a bitch. Because, uh, like, yeah, like, I'm just so grateful and... And I, and I got to give it, you know, my, my mom um, came over here from Cuba and, you know, raised me and then and met my dad and, and just, you know, just my dad's truck driver and just, like, you know, they just taught me how to work hard and, and uh, I just got really lucky. I'm going to be looking out for those, those uh, Venice International Film Festival pictures on your social pages and such. Uh, I definitely. Yeah, I'm going to be looking for that. And so we're going to get this all edited and cleaned up, and we will uh, release the interview tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Wow, Mike, you have made my day. You really have. Thank you so uh, much for the chat. You know? And thank I'm, you. Thank you for reaching out. And just thank you for what you do. Cause you-
Okay, we are so out of time. I was really trying to squeeze it to see if we could get some auditions in. Uh, not quite, but next show, I promise you, we'll double up on the auditions. So I want to thank both of my guests, Robert Bathurst. Uh, yeah, go out and get the book, please, especially if you are a fan of that genre of novels. And not too many people are not fans because the books are selling worldwide, millions of them. And also, run out October 1 and see Old Henry. Take your dad, take your brother, take your boyfriend, your fiancé, or whomever, anyone. Well, you got women who love westerns, too, now. But uh, primarily, you know, we grew up with the guys loving westerns, so... Take them, take the whole family to go see uh, Old Henry when it opens up October 1. And I know that you will enjoy it. So thank you, Mike Haggerty, for the, the film and for the chat and for calling us all the way from the beautiful country and city of uh, Venice, Italy. And I know he's having a ball, he and his wife and uh, some of the cast and crew. How can you not have fun in Venice? Come on. Yeah. I can just. I've been to Rome, and I've been to Milan. I've never been to Venice, so pandemic kind of rolls down. Uh, maybe next year I'll go over and uh, check it out. So uh, anyway, thank you both for being our guest, and thank you guys for listening for uh, this edition of Film Festival Radio Show, as you've done all the 14 years that we've been doing this show. We've been doing it in a while. So anyway, we will see you on the next edition of the show. Take care and have a great rest of the weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.